This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about L'apéro. Oh my gosh, beautiful job, Matthew. I was Thanks. While I was working on the agenda last night, I kept finding myself typing aperitif because I mm-hmm. was scared of saying apéro. Like it's a little I've told you this on the show before, right? When when we first started using iPhones, I didn't like saying the word apps. I just felt oh. like it was dumb, like saying froyo. And so I was always like, Think have you downloaded froyo this? Froyo is dumb? <laughs> have you downloaded this new application? Yeah. <laughs> have you have you downloaded this uh, this new phone software for your telephone? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm get, I'm gonna get over it. I'm just gonna say apéro. There we go. So we haven't explained what uh, what uh, l'apéro is, but it's when you if you have put a lot of apps on your phone, only <laughs> you said it to French. <laughs> yeah. No, but for real. So yeah, before we go down memory lane, we're going to define this thing. So those of you who are Francophiles, or actually probably all of our listeners, Matthew, know what this is, because our listeners are interested in food. So that's true. They are. But for the people who are them, but for for those of us who aren't our listeners, (laughs) (laughs) for those of us who aren't interested in food. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So apéro, as we just discussed, is short for aperitif, which is the French word for like pre-dinner drinks and snacks. And this is kind of complicated because this word does many (laughs) things. How complicated could it be if it's pre-dinner drinks? Oh, it's French, so it's going to be complicated. It's going to be complicated. Get ready. Okay. I'm ready. So so not only is it it the word for like, you know, uh, this particular almost like meal, right? Pre-dinner drinks and snacks. It's also the word for the particular category of drinks that are well suited to this. So this is like a a meal that you have before dinner. Right. But the drink I like that. But there's a an entire kind of category of drinks that are well suited to this time of day and this meal. And we refer to those drinks as aperitif. Okay, I'm I'm, okay. Def- I'm familiar with with the concept of an aperitif, which okay. in I think in English we call it aperitif. 
aperitif, yes. Yeah. And then, like, so the word aperitif is also, like, the word for the category of, like, bottled liquors that you would use to make aperitifs. Yeah. Or or possibly just drink a shot of on their own as an aperitif, right? Sure. Yeah, okay. sure. And apéro, like, the shortened version is kind of a like a really casual way of referring to like this particular type of day or like time of day. Is it this is like one of these things where like if you want to like abbreviate a word in French you put o at the end like macdo. I guess that's already called mac mac. Well, that's already McDonald's. So it also, already has I, an I, o. I might be thinking of Japanese. Oh. Okay, <laughs> this seems right. Anyway, so when we talk about aperitif or aperitif or apéro we're referring to like the category of drink the the like liquors that you might put in those drinks or drink on their own we're also talking about kind of a general like time of day like kind of between day and night like happy kind of hour tr- like happy hour oh, like uh, be- between day and like like the crepuscular time of day <laughs> Exactly. And we're also talking about like the, the, the kind of like mini meal you might eat at that time. With mini me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at McDo. Um, so, so this is like, it's like first dinner. Do they have a word in, in uh, catchy word in French for second breakfast, like in Lord of the Rings? Um, like onzes, elevenses. Oh, elevenses, yeah. Elevenses, yes. yeah. onzes, I like it. Um, anyway, so like the whole idea of apéro or aperitifs, the whole practice, the drinks, the snacks, the idea is that it's meant to stoke your appetite. So this is like not designed to be the meal itself. The whole idea is like to leave you like still hungry, like ready for dinner. Although, as I think our guest today might talk about, I would say it's quite trendy right now to to kind of turn aperitif into your entire dinner, which I call like a snacky dinner. <laughs> I, I feel like if like, first of all, I'm glad we're doing this episode that is like so far into your wheelhouse that like I don't know anything about it because like I do that to you all the time. Like we're going to do some very specific kind of tofu this week. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But like I feel like I would accidentally turn it into dinner by over snacking. Is this a problem? Oh, this is not a problem. Okay. No, this isn't a problem. But I think the more we talk about it, the more it'll sort of like make sense. So okay. um, I love the concept. Me too. Me yeah. too. And I feel like... It seems like to me a particularly like urban concept. Like, yeah, I mean, I like how it seems like it's just we're gonna hang out for no reason other than we're gonna hang out. Like, we were already gonna get together for dinner, but that's not enough hanging out. Or, like, let's say that you are, um, let's say you're on your way home from work and you're gonna stop and meet a friend for a drink, right? Mm -hmm. But you're not gonna stay and have dinner with them. Okay, I see. Okay, so you know, obviously, we do this in the states all the time. Yeah, we do this in the States all the time, but I love that in France and Italy and some other countries, it has its own particular, like, designated name. Right. Oh, wait, what is it in Italy? Um, Aperitivo? Well, I know that that refers to the drinks. Yes, aperitivo. Wait, so is this this something you do? Do you, like, stop off on the way home from work? Yes, I I would if I I left my house to work. Um, yeah, because that's what I was thinking. Like, I would love to stop off on the way home from work, but but a, like, I'm afraid to go into a place, and b, I'm already home. 
Well, and I think this is particularly, the reason I say I feel like this is an urban thing, which of course it's not really, but I think of it as like something that's particularly easy to do if you're taking public transportation. You know, if you're like hopping off the subway and there's your like neighborhood cafe, uh, you could like even make plans to meet your spouse there when you get yeah, off you get the off train. the metro you stop at a brasserie yeah. you know yeah okay anyway but i'm not done <laughs> i right. want to talk about uh, it's time for a little um mrs etymology because it's me the word aperitif and conceivably aperitivo uh, comes from the Latin verb aperire, which basically yeah. means to open. I wonder if like aperture comes from this, right? Oh, definitely. Right? So the idea here being that you are opening both like the appetite and the evening. Sort oh, of. I like that. Right? Isn't that great? And at least in France and Italy, um, this the drinks that you would drink at this particular time of day tend to be lower alcohol and, and often a little bit on the bitter side or mm-hmm. the herbal side. So think vermouths, um, drinks that involve tonic, etc. Yeah, because I think I even though like I as you know I love a sweet cocktail, I do feel like if I if I'm drinking a sweet cocktail, I feel like okay, this is this is like satiating my appetite. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, I know that so there's a great book called Booze Hound by Jason Wilson. I think I read that um, book. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um and I learned a tremendous amount about uh liquor from that book, but I distinctly remember learning a lot about Italian Amari. Um, So Campari, uh, well, Campari being probably the most famous one, but the idea being that the the herbs in it are not only like creating this bitter flavor, but also doing something to your digestive system that like opens it and makes it ready to receive. It, it that stokes. Seductive? It stokes, stokes the embers of yes. the appetite. I want to say also that, um, that a couple books that I learned a lot about aperitif from are uh, Rebecca Pepler's two books. So uh, her first book, Aperitif, which is uh, the subtitle is Cocktail Hour, The French Way. Okay. And then her second book, which came out, I believe, in 2020, is called A Table. Or maybe it came out in 2021. It's been a really long year, Matthew. It has, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's called people can, Regardless of when the book came out, it's still available and people can get it. It is. Anyway, so yeah, um, if you want to learn more about... Um, about aperitif, about like delicious things to eat while you're drinking your pre-dinner drink or incredible French cooking. Rebecca Pepler is your person. Is it possible uh, the book was called A Table in French, but the English title is A Table? (laughs) I wonder how many people think, oh, do you have that Rebecca Pepler book, A Table? (laughs) Okay. So, Matthew, um, we don't have very much time before our guest comes on. Okay. But do you want to do Memory Lane really fast? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have been to France once, just to (laughs) Paris. That was like in high school, right? No, it was, no? Uh, I mean, pra- I mean, to be practically, yes. No, it was, it was like in 2000. So I was 25. So and you were, frankly, you were frankly married... too old for high school. Yeah. Unless but... you're doing like a, a never been kissed Drew Barrymore, like I'm going to like go undercover as a teenager in high school. Okay. Which I did not do. But, but did you drink, did you, did you, have you well, had a yes. parentif? Did you have yes, it in France like, or have you had it elsewhere? Yes. Cause I remember having a uh, Kier. I remember having mm-hmm. a Kier Royale and I remember having mm-hmm. Pastille. 
or pastis. I'm not sure. I think generally pastis. Uh, okay. But, it, it, you know, I think Kier and Kier Royale. So Kier being uh, creme de cassis in white wine, mm-hmm. uh, often a Chardonnay, and Kier Royale being creme de cassis in champagne. These drinks scream Matthew. <laughs> do they? <laughs> they do. They totally well, do. I, I think I popularized them. I think, yeah, I think, I think like, I got to France. I'm like, can you, like, just pour some, like, sweet, juicy stuff in there? And they're like, okay, <laughs> dumbass. And then it became yes. popular nationwide. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> there are you, so many you... ways in France to say, okay, dumbass. <laughs> uh, it, all it takes is a look, really. <laughs> yes, exactly. So pastis being, uh, you know, anise flavored, what did you think about pastis? That you know seems what? A little... I really oh. like it. Oh, interesting. And Do I you like keep how... pastis around now? No, but I could. Um, and if I did, I would like, you know, dilute it with water so it gets like milky, you know? Yep, that's how it's usually done. Yeah. Well, I definitely, like you, Matthew, I did not know the word aperitif when I was in France, probably even when I was last in France. I haven't been there for a decade But I think I first noticed it more like as a time of day, like as a ritual, sort of. Probably the year that, uh, so the year after I graduated from college, I worked in a high school in France, uh, just outside of Paris. And like, there's something so, uh, (laughs) in fact, I can just remember the feeling of coming home and like walking out of the subway at the end of the day and seeing people sitting on the cafe terrace in those like, you know, perfectly Parisian woven chairs Mm -hmm. and enamel topped tables with like chrome trim. And the the chairs and tables are always packed really close together. Yeah. Super COVID safe, you know? Right. And I just remember feeling like if I were truly assimilated into French culture, that this would be like a natural thing for me to stop and do at this time of day. Uh, Yeah, like like I said, it is so appealing, like, partly, partly just because like, it's it's hard it's it's hard at this point in the pandemic cycle to to imagine ever getting back to that even though i see people doing it around my neighborhood i know yeah me too me too but anyway i do remember sometimes going by myself after work and having like a glass of white wine because mm-hmm. white wine was i think kind of the only thing i drank at that time oh you should have had to put the, some creme de cassis in it I should. I should. And um, at my favorite neighborhood cafe, they always brought me a little dish of salted peanuts, which I think I may have talked about on. Yes, definitely. Some peanuts or mixed nuts episode or something. And I would always here. Here, I'll tell you what a poser I was. I'd always oh, try to have something to read to, and I'd try to make sure that it was in French. Oh, of course. Uh, so often, I would have stopped at the kiosk and I would pick up the like left leaning newspaper Libération, which of mm-hmm. course I would make like a big show of reading, even though I think I probably could glean like eight percent of what was going on in there. But um, there was something so. I never got like French enough to feel unselfconscious or like to feel like I wasn't performing. Like it was a very performative act for me to go sit outside at a cafe. Oh yeah. No, I totally um, get that. But anyway, uh, I think But everyone around you was just like doing their thing, right? Well, unless they were all performing too, you know? You never know. You never know. Like on, on the inside, aren't we always performing? Are we? I don't know. I was just, this... just I was trying for something. Like, can can I get a, a little bit of yes and here? You can like, get this a, was going to be my big philosophical moment. Yeah, I mean, I think we are. Although Matthew, I'm never performing with you. 
I'm oh, always so just sweet. 100% real. <laughs> I can tell by, can by tell? the very like sincere I'm about tone to of squeeze, voice. <laughs> squeeze a tear out. Um, like in the movie Broadcast News where William Hurt fake cries. Oh my God, I love, once again, Matthew with the, the like, uh, super timely cultural references. That was the first R rated movie I ever saw. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. How? Okay. All right. Well, I think hey. it was mostly rated R because you see William Hurt's penis. Oh, you do? Yeah, you do. Is it William okay. Hurt? Or maybe it's someone else. Nah, I think it is. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances, like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Our guest today is Sutanya Dakers, who is the creator and host of the podcast Dinner for One. She's a Jamaican-born, Bronx-raised American expat living in the 18th arrondissement of Paris. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on, uh, Matthew Mom. I'm a big fan of Dinner for One, and I'm so excited to have you on Spilled Milk. Thank you. Well, so will you tell us, just kind of as background, how you wound up in Paris and how long you've lived there? Okay, so I I have been in Paris for eight years now. I actually recently celebrated my eighth year anniversary in the middle of June. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up in Paris because I met a very charming French man um, at a bar in New York, December 2009. Mm. And as Frenchmen charmed me you know from here to there next thing I knew I wound up I was you know I was like going back and going back and forth between Paris and the U.S. um, for a couple years to see him because we decided to try long distance we got married a couple years after we met Mm -hmm. and then I moved to Paris and then we got divorced a couple Mm -hmm. years after getting married but Mm -hmm. I decided to stay and then yeah just talk about my experience of making dinner for one in Paris after a divorce and how I use food as like a healing mechanism and cooking for myself and kind of showing myself self-care and self-love in the form of yeah. I love I love how it's it's just like a wonderfully real twist on like the you know romantic stereotype. Yeah. yeah. What did you know about the culture of food and drink in France before you moved there and uh, how how was it similar to and different from what you expected? I didn't know much other than, you know, 
French food is like, you know, celebrated around the world and is considered one of the best cuisines in the world. I was always skeptical because my family's Jamaican and I think Jamaican food is the best. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I went in there with like a bit of mm, like, okay, guys, garlic and butter. Cool. But like, what else y'all got? You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, need more flavor, we need more spice here. So I didn't really know much. A lot of what I learned actually was just from, from being there. And I do have to say the, the biggest food culture difference that I've discovered, you know, since living in Paris and that I've adopted myself and I, I make sure to try to include in every meal that I have and everything that I cook is this aspect of pleasure. So mm. I find that when French people eat, whether it's lunch or dinner, even breakfast, like it's, it's not just about like stuffing yourself. It's not about just the act of eating because you have mm-hmm. to eat more to sustain yourself. It's about enjoying the moment. So like you sit down, you know, with your croissant in the morning or with your, uh, in your coffee, you take a moment, whether it's at a cafe or like at your, at your apartment, lunch, you know, you like, you hardly ever eat lunch by yourself. If you work in an office, you always eat with your colleagues and you share a moment together. And it's like a full on like hour, hour and a half like situation. It's not like 20 uh-huh. minutes to your desk. My first job in Paris, actually, I got yelled at by my manager because like the first like two, three weeks in, I was eating at my desk like an American, you know, like my sandwich, like, you know, I got to get work done, got to work, got to work, got to work, got to be efficient, got to get everything done. Mm-hmm. And one day she came to my desk and she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm eating lunch. She's like, why? She's like, you haven't made any friends? Is that the problem? Like, you can't eat lunch by yourself. Like, that's not allowed. Woo. And wow. then, um, yeah, and then dinner and long dinners, long lunches, just about really enjoying the moment. And that's something that I um, I don't eat on the go anymore. I always take time out for lunch, even if I'm having lunch by myself. I always, I try to always um, have a really nice, elaborate dinner, even if it's just for myself. Mm. Like, I make sure I have, like, a little bit of an apéro, and then my um, my main, if I don't have, like, a an entree, make sure I have a really nice main, and then I always have dessert. Always have some mm. dessert. Oh, whatever. I, I hope we can talk a little bit about desserts, even though it's going to be yeah. off topic. I was about to go into asking you about cheese, if you have cheese oh, yeah. every day. Well, I... I'm like turning 36 in a couple weeks. So like my metabolism isn't the same as it used to be like 10 years ago. So I try to hold back on the cheese, but yeah, also cheeses and um, the desserts are my, like my, like, I love especially French desserts. Like no one does it just, I don't know what it is. I don't know how they do it, but no one does desserts like, like the French. It's, it's, it's really an art really. Well, so I want to kind of zoom in on the the apéro part of what mm-hmm. you mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you as you kind of got used to life there, did you kind of take up this ritual of of like, I don't know, did you stop at like your nearby cafe every evening on the way home from work and have a drink or like is that just my personal fantasy of what it would be like <laughs> um, if I were? No, it's there. actually pretty accurate. I mean, apéro is usually enjoyed with with friends, close friends or colleagues. Like everything in Paris that I've noticed, at least a lot of like food and dining and anything like that. It's a very kind of, um, it's a very social thing, but you can have a solo apéro. It's fine. Um, but it's usually not, not that common. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I have, I do that sometimes, but most of the time my apéro, if I'm having it outside, yeah, it's like with a, with a girlfriend or two and we just meet up for a drink or two. Um, or if I'm having it at home by myself, then yeah, I'll stop in my favorite, one of my favorite cheeses to get is Comté. It's like mm. a really hard cheese. So I get a little coupe. Yeah. I may get like a, some little saucisson. I'll get some like uh, some pickles and I just go home and I make my little thing and I'll have an apéro while I'm preparing for dinner probably. Mm-hmm. Or I'll just have an apéro in front of Netflix. Or you can have apéro dînatoire, which is yeah. like big apéro. <laughs> so that's like just snacking all night. Will you talk a little bit about apéro dînatoire? 
this idea of taking kind of the the food and the spirit of apéro and like turning it into your actual dinner. Yeah, I was telling Molly uh, earlier that uh, like I love the idea of apéro, but I know that like as soon as I get into that kind of situation, I'm going to like over snack and kind of turn it into dinner for yeah. myself. Yeah, you have to be. It's really it's really easy to to make that. Yeah, mistake, I guess, of like just snacking too much. And then like when dinner comes, you're like, oh, I'm not even hungry anymore. Um, So (laughs) I found that when, you know, when I'm hosting friends for dinner, I'm going to someone else's place. Apero is very, very limited. So yeah, like a glass of wine or or two. And literally like any, the only thing that's on the table is like some like pickles and like maybe bits of cheese and like, you know, maybe even just chips or popcorn. Like it's nothing too Mm -hmm. fancy. Mm And so the, the, for me, at least, and I'm not like, I'm like a mini apéro expert, but not like the full one because I'm not French. So like, I don't want to be one of those Americans that's like, so this is what you do, you know, because that's yeah. not, I'm still sure. learning, you know, so like whatever I say, like take it with not a grain of salt, but with like a peppercorn, it's a little bit bigger. I do okay. 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 <laughs> um, so for me, the spirit of apéro is, as I mentioned before, is just, it ties in perfectly. It's just an extension of the spirit of like pleasure the French, the the spirit mm. of French, um, the belief that one should have pleasure in their life at every moment, and um, taking pleasure in food, and taking pleasure in gathering, and taking pleasure in socializing. I found that one of the things that I love about living in in Paris, and what I love about my friends that I've made there, a lot of my friendships developed over apéro and just meeting people for quick drinks and whatever, whatever. Is there's a there's a con there's a there's a real effort in forming and creating these bonds and these friendships. So people have you over to their house. People have regular drinks. People um, plan regular apéros. Um, and for me, apéros in the spirit of just kind of like of 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 relationship of relationship forming really of relationship building of getting to know someone and it's not it's different from the US i think at least because at least my memory of when i lived in the US happy hours is about essentially getting wasted right like who could get yeah. wasted yeah. the fastest for the cheapest amount for the, for the cheapest amount of money but i find in france it's not about necessarily getting drunk or getting anything getting inebriated it's literally just about having a good time and sharing a, a moment with um with people you you enjoy being around. And for me, so apéro de natoire in that spirit, sometimes you don't want the apéro to end, but you don't necessarily want to, you know, be slaving over a stove or you don't have anything in your kitchen to make any, you know, a proper meal. So you just take out little bits and bobs and everyone just snacks. The most important thing is you have to make sure to have enough wine. If you have enough wine, <laughs> you can make an apéro de natoire with anything. It could just be cheese, and raisins and, and chips. If it's like impromptu, right? If it's impromptu, it's really just taking bits and bobs that you have around your in your kitchen or running out to the store really quickly and getting stuff. But if it's like a proper planned kind of like, you know, you know your friends are coming over, you don't want to cook. You know, you have like your cured meats, you have your like salsa, mm-hmm. you have your mm-hmm. salmon, you have your cheeses. I always like to have a little bit of fruit as well. So like some grapes or strawberries mm-hmm. or whatever, some seasoned figs or whatever. I also like to do like little bruschettas and stuff. So it's, it's just like finger food. You just like, yeah. snack and drink wine. And the wine is the most important. Like you got to make sure you have enough wine. And also never go to a French person's house. Even if it's your friend, even if you've known them for a billion years, never go to their place without a bottle of wine. That's like the epitome of rudeness. Like I never, even my friends that I've known since I moved to Paris and they're like my family there, even if, if they invite me out for an apéro, over for an apéro or dinner, like I never ever go empty-handed. Even if you're like, no, no, no. Even if they end up like putting my wine in like the back of the closet, <laughs> yeah, never, never drink it. At least I brought something. So that's like a rule of thumb when you're in 
Paris or anywhere in France, if anyone invites you over, make sure to have a bottle of wine, bring a bottle of wine with you. Nice. The thing I love about this is like, aside from like the, the food and drink is like that. It sounds like there's sort of like a framework for making friends, which yeah. like, you know, sort of like one aspect of the of like, you know, American rugged individualism is like, you know, if you're going to make friends, like figure it out yourself. Yeah, and no, like yeah. in Seattle, like Seattle has a reputation for being a place where it's hard to make friends. And I think it's true. Mm-hmm. And it's partly because like we don't have like this is what you do. Like we we've taken like these decisions off the table, you know, like where where and when and how to do this. Mm-hmm. And then you can concentrate on just getting to know people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, it's. Before I moved to Paris, I was told that it was going to be really difficult to make friends and really hot and, you know, it's going to be tough and French people are so cold. And Molly, mm-hmm. I don't know what your experience is like, but I didn't, I found them to be just like big city people. You know, you're going to have some yes. people who are kind of assholes and you're going to have people that are really yeah. nice and you just kind of have to like figure out how to, you got to figure out who you like and how to navigate that. That's all. I didn't find them. I don't find them particularly rude or abrasive at all, actually. Yeah. Well, and I think that, that being a New Yorker probably prepared mm-hmm. you well for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I, I'm, I'm originally from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, I felt, and I think I felt really tripped up by the language too. Okay. Yeah. Which um, which is which is tricky, um, yeah. you know, figuring out how to get to know people uh, yeah. in another language. Yeah. But anyway, I wanted to ask. So, you know, what is your ideal apéro location or setting, and what would you drink, and what would you eat? It depends. I have three. Can okay. I have all three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is if it's in my apartment, if it's in Paris, there are two spots. One is my apartment. And the other is like one of my favorite cafes. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'll tell you guys after. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, you don't want to blow up your spot. Yeah. I don't want people being like, oh my God. Oh no, this is my spot. No Americans allowed except me. Right. It's what I tell <laughs> to come here. So uh, my apartment, just because it's my home and it's comfortable and I know, mm-hmm. and I, I have a cute little bar cart and I can play my music and like open up the windows. It's very Parisian, very French, very beautiful. I can make what I like, all that stuff. Um, so if it was at my place, I'm a huge fan of natural wines. So mm-hmm. I would have a really funky natural wine. You know, one of those you open and you smell, you're like, oh my God, I can't imagine like drinking this, but one of those, because those are the best. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but if it, the more it smells like cat piss, the better. And then, um, yeah, I would have some really nice bread, like maybe some like, kind of like multi-green bread, really nice saucisson from like the butcher, like Comte, of course. Uh, my fa- One of my other favorite cheeses is brie um, with truffle. So it's mm-hmm. like a really beautiful, creamy brie that kind of has this like fruity flavor. And then in the middle is like this black truffle. And so it has, it has that nutty, so it's the nuts and the fruit and it's like so delicious. And then, yeah, if it's uh, strawberry season, then I'll probably have some strawberries. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I want to get fancy, maybe I'll dip the strawberries in chocolate before or like I'll drizzle. Very fancy. I mean, sometimes, you know, if I have time, I do, I, I, I like to do my thing. I like to jet to jig it up a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, smoked salmon and like lots of little, little dips like hummus or um, uh, tapenade. There's this thing in my, my favorite supermarket, Monoprix, which is like a chain called Ton Picon, which is like a spicy tuna, which I absolutely adore. And yeah, so it was just like those kind of like bits and bobs and just like at my place, if I love bossa nova. So I'll put some bossa nova on. Yeah, just like wine glasses around. I'm, I'm picturing it now, just like wine glasses around my friends, laughing, talking, wine, just like being poured here and there. Hands just kind of like going in and 
dipping and eating and all that stuff. Um, I mm. think that would be my ideal if I'm in Paris at home. And then for my one of my favorite spots, what I love about it is that it's right on a main street. It's in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's right on a main street, so it's great people watching. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'll just order a bottle of wine with my friends. Um, if it's really just apéro, no dinner after, we'll just have like olives or maybe we'll share a plate of French fries. Nice. And we'll just like people watch and like talk shit. That's it. That's <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect for me. And then my other favorite place to have apéro is in the south of France. Oh, okay. Yeah. When, you know, I've been really lucky and privileged enough to spend the last couple of summers, a few weeks, last couple of summers in the south of France with friends. And the best thing is like when you have that like beautiful evening sun where the, and it's like, it's not quite, it's almost sunset, but not quite yet. And everyone is just so glowy just because it's mm. so beautiful and it's hot, but in, in, in your little sticky, but not too much. And everyone's wearing like a beautiful summer dress and you have the big long table with like the white tablecloth and you have like, a, it's like rosé season, right? No one's drinking mm-hmm. anything warm. So it's like rosé, like you can see like the water, like dripping off the side. Someone is making like cocktail because some people want cocktails. It's the same thing. It's the same spirit of just like bits and bobs, but it's just like this perfect location. Maybe you have the pools in the background and you hear the water like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Total sensory experience here. Yes. Thank you. Is the the food going to be different at all when you're, when you're in the South of France? It depends on where you are. There's a lot of like anchovies and sardines. And And that's kind of what I was imagining. I love that stuff. There's this one, it's from it's from this town called Set, and my friend and her husband. So my friend is British and her husband is French. They I forgot the name of it, but it's pretty much like some, it's pretty much like a, a small piece of bread, like, mm-hmm. and it's really soft and like doughy. And I believe it has like tomato on it, like a kind of tomato paste, and then it's anchovies on top, and then it's baked for a little bit, and it's just absolutely delicious. So in the south, yeah, it's a lot of like anchovies and um, and sardines, and would you have like a pisaladière? Yeah, pisaladière, things like that. Yeah. Um, but oh, other nice. than that, yeah, other than that, I think apéro food. Basic apparel food across the board in all of France consists of the basics like pickles, what they call cornichons, olives, some kind of like saucisson, smoked salmon, and a couple dips. And then depending on the region, you can pile or your personal preferences, you can add other things to them. Okay. I wanted to ask... What is life in in Paris like, like at this phase of the pandemic? And have you participated? I saw people saying that they were doing like virtual apéro, like mm-hmm. over Zoom. Is that mm-hmm. something that that you participated in? Oh yeah, in the high at the height, like in the height in the beginning of the pandemic, yeah, here March twenty twenty. I live on my own. I live on my own in Paris, and yeah, there was there were a lot of virtual apéros because that's how people connect right after yeah. a day at work after or after a couple of days if you haven't seen a friend it's like you know it's like uh you know you call you text like are we gonna have an apéro tonight like catch up blah 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 so people didn't have this this social outlet so there was a lot of virtual apéros uh maybe too many because it got to the point <laughs> where i was kind of like i am drinking like a bottle of wine by myself like <laughs> this is not good uh, yeah but yeah we definitely that was i think I think even before, honestly, I think before figuring out like work stuff and like, how how am I going to connect to my email? A lot of French people were like, how am I going to do Apeho? Like what's going on? So your second part of your question, this phase of the, of the pandemic, I wouldn't say it's back 
to normal, you know, yeah. but we have, there has been a lot of progress in terms of people getting vaccinated. I think the last time I checked mm-hmm. the, the app, it was like 70% or 75% of the population is vaccinated. Yeah. And we also mm-hmm. have this thing called the Pass Sanitaire, which is um, a QR code right. that um, we have all your vaccine information or your testing information. So whether you're not vaccinated, how many tests you've taken, et cetera, et cetera. And you can't go to a lot of, you can't go to any cafes or any bars if you don't, if you're not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't go to any museums, any kind of cultural institution. Some of the big shops like like BH, like BHV, like Gary Lafayette, like Canton, like you can't go in there if you don't have, if you're not vaccinated. God, that's great. So wow. Kind of one of those things where like, do you want your social life or not? You know? Um, yeah. Wow. I think, in my opinion, the government knew exactly what they were doing because French people are not going to give up their apéros, their dinners, their yep. cafes, their museums, their movie theaters. And the whole, you know, the whole culture, like, you know, the whole idea of like solidarité, like, I just feel like it was probably easier for the government to come along and be like, we are going to do this for the benefit yeah, of for sure. everybody. For sure. But don't get me wrong, there are lots of people that, you know, there are yeah. protests, they've been a lot of protests, the people that are so against yeah. the chair, they think it's infringing on their freedom. But yeah, I think at some point the government stepped in and they were like, enough is enough. So, yeah. I mean, and it's, yeah. you know, you still have a choice, right? So you can not yeah. be vaccinated or you just won't be able to go to cafes and restaurants and movie theaters and museums and all that <laughs> stuff and you won't be able to travel and like, that's your choice, you know, you do have a choice. Right. So. Oh, man. It has been such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you guys so much for having me on. You're fantastic. And I I am particularly happy to hear your perspective as an expat there. Because, yeah, it, it it's it's so relatable. Just so, so glad to get to hear from you. Well, thank you guys for inviting me on. Thank you. Tell us, tell us about your podcast and where to find it one more time. Okay, please. so my podcast is um, called Dinner for One. It is a podcast um, that explores what happens when the Paris fantasy ends and real life begins. So the fantasy was my ex-husband. The ending was him being like, au revoir. <laughs> I myself up again. And the way I did that was, you know, making an effort, um, a conscious decision and effort to make Dinner for One for myself almost every night of the week. And um, Mm. from that kind of exercise and practice of self-care and self-love, my little podcast was born. I just finished season four. Season five is going to start soon. And uh, I have a book coming out as well. Oh, tell us, please. Yeah, Yeah, tell us. Uh, Dinner for One, How Cooking in Paris Saved Me. A story of what happens when the Paris fairy tale ends, detailing the author's experience of moving to France as a Black American woman and her post-divorce journey to empowerment beginning in her Montmartre kitchen, pulling back the curtain on the idealized expat life and exploring love, loss, and the true meaning of home with recipes. So there are also mm. going to be recipes in the back of the book as I talk about Excellent. Them. Well, when it's available for pre-order, we will we will let our listeners know. Yeah, I'll definitely send you guys um, a link. Let's see what happens. I'm really excited. Congratulations. Well, Satanya Dakers, thank you again for being on Spilled Milk. This was so much fun. Thank you guys for having me. I was already like feeling pretty down about being in the U.S., but now yeah. now I feel worse. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, like when she mentioned the like being in the south of France kind of thing, I was mm-hmm. like, once again, we Americans don't do vacation quite right. But yeah. maybe we could at least do a little apéro. Yes. Like, okay. You know, like a little mini vacation every day in our mouths. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Is okay. that is this like a pitch for your next book? Uh, because it kind of sounds like my it. agent. All right, like yeah, vacation, agent. vacation in your mouth. 
I'm pretty sure somebody's already done this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, regrettably. (laughs) Oh, yes. No, it would be regrettable if you did it also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, you know, Matthew, I noticed that Satanya didn't mention Kier or Kier Royale. Yeah, I I, I noticed that, too. I think these are like old lady apéro drinks. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they're very tasty. They are. So, you know, if you were going to have your own, like, ideal apéro, like, I want to know, like, location or setting. I want to know what your snacks would be, and I want to know what you would drink. Okay. I'm going to invite myself over to to Satania's apartment with Mm -hmm. her and her her friends who are younger and cooler than me. Okay. Um, So, I definitely want nuts, because you know I love mixed nuts. I definitely want saucisson. like uh, Oh, yeah. Saucisson sec. Yeah. And like various charcuterie, I think. And I just want like like three great cheeses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah. De- like con- why, why does that seem like a weird number? Well, this seems like it's going to turn into an apéro dînatoire. I already warned everybody that like, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't like rein in like the snack appetite. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I think I could learn to do this, but I think, like, the first 17 apéros are going to, like, it's going to be my own private apéro dînatoire. Yeah, I mean, why why bother to rein it in? Okay, one Reel it out. So Tanya mentioned Comte, like, that is one of my favorites also. Love that stuff. Did you say okay. what your setting would be? Uh, well, I mean, I said be? it would be at Satania's apartment, but uh, okay. I guess, <laughs> really, I mean, it'll be the south of France, obviously. Are you kidding? Okay, okay. Okay, okay. how about you? Okay, so yeah, I'm going to go to the south of France with you. I, you know, we travel pretty well together, yeah. even though, you know, just for the record, we're, you know, we're still not married to no, each other. but uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted. But we travel really well together. In fact, perhaps better than we would if we were married to each other. Yeah, and I think that's true. Yeah. I really like traveling with non-spouse people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's like I mean, just we, different. We, we did such a great job of sharing the bathtub when we were in Japan. <laughs> we did. We did. Anyway, but so I would go to the south of France with you, Matthew. Is the south of France the same as the Côte d'Azur? Well, so that's a particular that... part of, of the south of France. I mean, okay. that's that's going to be more like the Nice area. The south of France could be a- any number of areas. You know, okay. there's a lot of coastline there. And I would say that like some inland areas might also count. Okay, because I remember in high school French class, the Côte d'Azur came up a lot as like, that's the place you want to go. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I'd go. Okay. Anyway, so here's the thing. Yeah, I'm going to come to the south of France with you. And yeah, we're going to have a nice cold rosé. I mean, it's hard for me to think about anything but what Sutanya said. So we're going to have a nice cold rosé. I think I want some olives. And I think I want maybe like two different kinds of olives, like one oil cured, like really black wrinkly ones. And then one that is that is maybe green and, and brined instead, like, you know, regular non-oil cured okay. olive. I still don't like I olives and I still think, feel bad about it. Oh, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. And then okay. I think, so I love that she mentioned anchovies because I was That remember- was very appealing. Yeah. Right? And I think what I would want is I would want like uh, bread and really good butter and anchovies. And I think, mm-hmm. did you ever, you know, at the at the Italian restaurant in Seattle, Spinace, mm-hmm. they, when you sit down, they bring you, you yes. know, a free little bite and it is like a little Melba toast piece of crispy, thin toasted bread spread thickly with unsalted butter with an anchovy draped over the top. Yes. Delicious. Oh my God. Okay. So that's what I want to eat. That olives, cold, cold, cold. Some might even say crackling cold, 
rosé. Crackling cold rosé. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is your mom um, coming too? That's fine. <laughs> I guess we can I bring my mom. I thought this was going to be our romantic okay. getaway. But. Okay. But the other thing is, so I want to I want to say one thing, even though this is like a very French episode, I think that a lot of what I know about aperitif, especially drinks, comes from Italy, you know, from okay. like Negronis, Americanos, Aperol Spritz. So I, I'd be hard pressed, I don't know, to ultimately decide between a crackling cold rosé and a Negroni. Let's be, let's be honest here. Okay, I would go for the rosé and if I could like sneak a, a Kier in there, <laughs> okay, I okay. would do it. Okay. So Matthew, uh, one last question. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited for this. So question. since we're not going to go to the south of France anytime soon, I nope. think that like kind of the and since it seems like you know COVID is in a weird place again, it seems like we're going to be doing apéro at home in our various in our separate houses, and it's going to be more like kind of a like a snack you have while you're cooking dinner. Does that seem a- right to apéro you? Seul. Or like apéro cuisinatoire, <laughs> like nice. <laughs> that's not done. not great. But anyway, what is your ideal thing to drink and snack on while you're cooking dinner? Okay, so the thing that immediately came to mind was mixed nuts and hard cider because, like, oh, yeah. uh, I we've had like a like a bottle of uh, like pear cider in the fridge for a couple days, and like I keep thinking like while I'm making dinner, ooh, I could like pour myself a little of that, and I do, and it's great. Mm. Um, love hard cider, and the thing I'll reach for for snacking is is mixed nuts. That's just like my default snack, but. If there's like an ingredient mm. or component of the dinner that I'm making that can be snacked on, yes. that is the ideal. I feel like that really like wakes up my appetite for the thing I'm going to eat. So like if I'm making pod thai or kung pao chicken, I will snack on the peanuts that are going to go into that. If I'm making a salad with homemade croutons, I will eat croutons. That's like the chef's prerogative. What about like if you're making pizza, will you eat the pepperoni? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's called saucisson sec. Exactly. Exactly. So as you know, I did that last night. For me, it's usually kettle chips, either jalapeno chips or the sea salt ones. Usually that and a glass of wine. Although I do also love, you know, I really love the old pal. I think I think you like you you got this at uh, at Bar Victoria and let me taste it right. Yes, yeah, it's very a variation yeah. on a Negroni. So instead of gin, it uses rye whiskey, and instead of sweet vermouth, it uses dry vermouth. So it's dry vermouth, Campari, and rye whiskey. Nice um, and cut that with potato chips. I mean. Speaking yeah. of potato chips, like I can't believe our listeners didn't get in touch to let us know about that, or maybe they did and the email got lost. But uh, did you know that there's now Lay's Cool Ranch Dorito flavor? So they're what? Lay's potato chips, but they're, they're and they're not ranch flavor. They're Cool Ranch Dorito, Dorito flavor. flavor. So I did get some. I don't think I would have identified them as Cool Ranch Dorito flavor if it didn't say that on the bag. But they're fine. I'm glad they tried it. Huh. I think they okay. also have a Lay's Cheeto flavor and maybe one other. So you're not going to recommend these for American I'm not going to recommend American them, but like, I, just, I, just, I like knowing they exist, but I don't need to get them again. Okay. Well, Matthew, I think it's time for us to move into segments. Yes, and we've got a new segment. It's called, okay. we, teased it, we teased it last time, remember? It's called, What's Going On in the Underworld? So, okay. so Abby, can you get some real like evil sounding music?
what is going on in the underworld, Matthew? Okay, so there's this video game <laughs> called Hades that I bought, um, that, that the uh, the show bought for me because it's going to be a segment, and so it's tax deductible. It is a game, it's like a hack and slash dungeon game where you are Hades' son, and your dad is a jerk, and so you're trying to break out of the underworld and get to Mount Olympus and hang out with your friends there. Oh, this sounds like very Percy Jackson. It's very Percy Jackson. So you like sometimes you meet Poseidon, sometimes you meet a Fury yes. and have to fight them. I want to focus on one thing that has gone on. Oh, and and uh, teenager of the show December is is like the primary driver of of Hades, and I mostly like sit and watch and like so get reports. Is, so this is your version of an Animal Crossing segment. It's it's exactly like it. it's like Animal Crossing, <laughs> but with like a hundred percent more stabbing. Okay, um, <laughs> and so uh, uh, report from the underworld. We met. Uh, Karen, the boatman of the River Sticks, oh, and yeah. he sold us some overpriced French fries. Hmm. Were they good? I mean, they. I think they restored some health points, so I'm going to say yes. Okay, well, fair enough. Okay, all, all right. right. So I, uh, I hope to have another report from the underworld next week. Okay, great. Well, hey, I'm going to do now, but wow. So, you know, I just want to shout out uh, Sutanya's podcast one more time, because I think that uh, maybe at this point in the pandemic, we all could use some thoughts on being in our apartment and cooking for one, even if we're cooking for three or four. Yeah. Anyway, just want to say again, go check out Sutanya's podcast, Dinner for One. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. Yep. And I would like to shout out a friend of the show, Hondo Nguyen, who, uh, who is an amazing graphic artist. And uh, she did a like a two panel, not two panel, but like like a, a two page comic uh, adaptation of the tempura chapter of my book, Pretty Good Number One. We'll post the link uh, in the in the show notes. You can Is find it in your podcast thing? player. Yeah, it was like yesterday. Wow, I love how when you write a book, it like has this life and it keeps going on even when you think that nobody's paying attention to it. Yeah, has, has anyone made a uh, comic adaptation of a <laughs> of chapter from The Fixed Stars? Uh, no, not yet, but maybe Hondo Nguyen will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh, let's just ask for more unpaid labor. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, so yeah, we'll we will link to uh, to Hondo's Instagram. I, I think she has a great Instagram, uh, and uh, it's it's really like amazing and flattering work. Wow, cool. Well, um, our producer is Abby Circatella. Maybe we'll invite her with us to the south of France. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we'll see Who how it knows. goes. Yeah. And you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, while you're over there subscribing to Dinner for One, you can rate and review Spilled Milk. Yeah, while you're over there in the south of France. Wait, is this going to be our, our uh, corporate retreat? Uh, yeah, corporate we retreat were gonna 2022. Go, we were going to go to Polsbo, Washington, for our corporate <laughs> corporate retreat, but maybe yeah. it's not too late <laughs> yeah, to, to change, to switch to the Côte d'Azur. Yeah. <laughs> Your eyeballs got really big <laughs> when you said Azur. <laughs> okay. Matthew, where else can our listeners do things? Uh, Reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk is a great place to meet other people who listen to the show and share a your feelings with apéro. them. Share a virtual apéro with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, the show that's coming to your house and bringing a bottle of creme de cassis. I'm Matthew Amster Burton. <laughs> and I'm Molly Weisenberg. Oh, Matthew's taking off his shirt right now. Oh, my God. Wow. I got wow. two more. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. 
Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.